0: As we uh, jump in the scriptures today, the title of this one is The Summit, and uh, hopefully we'll all gain a little something from this. It kind of came to me as I was reflecting back on my trip last week and some things that happened and uh, laughing about some things, crying over others, but uh, I welcome you here, and I'm glad you're with us this morning. I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 5. It's kind of an unusual verse. It's an unusual scripture. It's a scripture that um, the Lord placed and pressed on my heart, actually, when I was in Wolforth. A long time ago down in Lubbock. And this was one that I really struggled in understanding, but I think the Lord has brought understanding to it. In Matthew chapter five, verse 39, Jesus says these words. He says, you search the scriptures because you think in them, you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness of me. In other words, there were many who were searching the scriptures and looking and teaching the truth of God and speaking about a Messiah to come, but uh, instead of recognizing him when he stood in front of them, uh, they didn't even recognize him. So they must have been studying possibly for the wrong reason. You know, it's interesting because so many of us are looking for summits in this life. We're looking to go higher. We're looking to go deeper. We're li- we're looking to grow. All of us have goals. We have responsibilities. And I don't know if you're where you hope to be at this point in life, but I hope at some point in time you'll reach your summit. Our summit should be the summit that God puts in front of us, and every one of us knows that. Uh, last week, as I as I was uh, in Idaho. And climbing the mountains the very first day, uh, the very first night as we pulled into camp, we, we were actually hunting for chucker. Now, if you don't know what chucker are, they're an oversized quail. It's the largest quail that there is. I had an army buddy that invited me on this trip. It was all paid for. We floated the salmon river. It was an incredible time. Had our shotguns in there with anytime you float a river with a shotgun, you're in good, good place, right? And so, uh, but the very first night, Um, that we arrived, the guide was very different and, um, which some are, you know, lived in a teepee for 35 years and lived up on the Salmon River. The Salmon River actually uh, flows into the Snake River. It's the headwaters for the Snake River. So you may have heard of that famous river. Salmon River is the longest river, uh, in Western United States without any type of dam. It's completely a natural river. It flows Usually, it, it flows in the springtime at about sixty thousand gallons per minute, and and you, if you know anything about river whitewater rafting or anything, that is way way up there. But to explain all that is not why I'm here. I really wanted you to hear this that that when we got there, we were like, this is a lot steeper climb than what we anticipated. We were looking at hunts on the Salmon River, and you can you can look at some of those hunts on YouTube and watch it. But when we started going up the Sam, or you can look at them on the Snake River, but on this, on the Salmon River, it's a lot more steep. The mountains are a lot higher. The cliffs are a lot steeper and a lot more dangerous. So when we pulled back into camp, our first night for camp, the guide said, I think in the morning, we're just going to go across the river and we're going to go up that mountain to its summit. And honestly, Seth and I go to the tent that night and we think he's joking. We're like, I've never watched a chucker hunt where they go across mountains like that. So he, he can't be serious. He can't. And the next morning, the first thing we do is get in a boat and go straight across the river and start heading up this mountain. He goes, let's make the summit. Then we'll decide if we're going on the other side, or if we're going to string out this way and start hunting chucker, which you hunt chucker on the side of the mountain walking. Uh, horizontal to the mountain. And so you're going to slip and you're going to fall and you're going to have some things that happen. But when we realized this is really what's happening, my goal was just to try to stay with them to make the summit. Eventually, my goal would be just trying to survive. And men, that's how we live life oftentimes. It's a real danger. Attempting to find our summits in life, we're we we uh, we're striving, we're attempting, we're doing, and we think we're doing the right things. But sometimes, I've said this many times, we, we plan on this success in our life, and by the time we reach that success, we find that our ladder is against the wrong wall. We've climbed this ladder of success only to find it leaning against the wrong wall. Men, Oftentimes, as we're climbing and we slip and we fall, it's that very moment that God should have our attention. Why do we search the scriptures? Who are we looking for in the scriptures? What kind of praise in the scriptures do we hope to receive? There's a danger when we're climbing for the wrong reasons. There's a danger when I'm climbing for the wrong reasons to impress people, to show people how much I know or how much I don't know is usually the way it goes for me. You know, oftentimes when we slip and fall, it's a time to reengage. It's a time to cry out for help. It's a time that God wants to get a hold of us and he wants our attention. You know, we, as we climbed up there that first day, we were slipping and falling and then we strung out across the mountain and the top guy doesn't have to go real fast because mountains go like this. The second guy goes a little faster in order to sweep the mountain. The third guy, which was me, of all, it doesn't even make sense. I'm talking about my army buddy is an Iron Man. He literally competes in Iron Man. Iron Man. I mean, he's the real deal. And then you got chubby little me. And uh they're like, "Well, you didn't quite make the summit, so why don't you just start heading back down and you'll sweep the bottom?" And what happened to me is, is they said, "Be careful, watch ahead, because you'll cliff out." That's what they call it. Any of you ever heard that term, cliff out? I'd never heard it either. So I cliffed out. And when you cliff out, it means you come up on a cliff and there's just nowhere to go. And he said, your best bet is to try to go up and over the cliff instead of down below it. Because if you go down below it, you're going to have to come back up and and make your measurement to us so we can continue to sweep the mountain. But on the bottom, you're going to be moving. Within about 30 minutes, coming along the bottom of the mountain there, after I'd already been to the top, come back down, I'm telling you, I cliffed out. And when I cliffed out, I decided I'm going to go up. So I start going up and I literally have to lay my shotgun down, crawl, lay my shotgun down, crawl. And I finally slip and here I go. And I have those goofy pants on that I snow ski in, which are, uh, they're waterfowl pants. So they're real slick. And so man, I'm, I'm picking up speed and I'm like, you know, Lord, forgive me. I didn't intend on dying this way. I, I this is not how to be martyred. You, you don't want to die a martyr for a chucker. I'm talking about that as a pastor, that doesn't look good. So I'm coming down this mountain and I'm literally, my gun's gone. Everything's gone. All I'm trying to do is find a way to stop. And before I get to that cliff where it cliffs out and I finally stop, catch my breath, go back up high enough to get my shotgun inside, I'll go down around and they'll just have to wait on me because uh, I can't do this. This is, this is too much. Sometimes in life, men, Even through the searching of the scriptures, even through the searching of Jesus, even through the searching of God, we slip and we start coming down that mountain. And the problem is many people give up. Many people quit. Many people say, because of their theology, I'll just never make it. Jesus is confronting some things here in this scripture. He goes on to say, but you're not willing to come to me that you may have life. In other words, he's telling them, hey, you search the scriptures and all these things, but you're not willing to come to me. You have all this knowledge, you have all this theology, but you're not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men. Now, it's interesting to me that Jesus said, I don't receive honor from men. I don't care about honor from men. Matter matter of fact, the very men that are supposed to love him are the ones that are going to be there to hang him. On the cross. But he goes on to say, but I know that you do not have the love of God in you. I've come in my father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you'll receive him. You will receive. How can you believe who you receive honor? <laughs> Wait a second. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes only from God? And so, in other words, he's asking, are you a God pleaser or a people pleaser? Why do you climb the mountain in the first place? Whose mountain is it? You see, they read it not, uh, Barclay says this in his commentary. He says, they read it not to search for God, but to find arguments to support their own positions. They did not really love God. They loved their own ideas about him. Sometimes our summit in life is more about us than it is about him. And then he goes on to say, the honor that comes from the only God. Men, honor is a tough thing. Sometimes honor is a very deceitful thing. We all want to be honored because we're men, but we have to be careful with that because if that's the summit in your life to be honored by other men, it can be a dangerous summit and you can slip and you can slide and you can fall. Our goal in this life is to please God and him alone. That should be the summit of our life. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do what? You'll do what I say. You'll do what I command. See, people look for summits all of their lives. We live in a in a world of making the summit. If only, you ever been in that world? If only I would have taken that job when I was 25. <laughs> yeah, we all know. My dad, my dad used to say, if only I would have stayed with Procter & Gamble instead of become a farmer well, I don't know. Biden ought to have that wrecked here in the next two. Anyway, let's keep going. I'm just watching the stock market. Good land. Um, If only I would have hung in there with my third wife. If only I would have gone to college. I've heard that one a lot. If only I would have listened to my parents. We have all these regrets that oftentimes if we focus on just those, then what we're looking at really is, is a way of dishonoring God because the cool thing about where we are this morning is I believe God has put us on this mountain together to reach a summit, to climb higher together, to live together in unity, to do some things that make a difference for his kingdom. But if we live a life of if-onlys, we find ourselves in a dangerous place because every time we say if-only, we slip a little further down the mountain, and we slip a little further from the summit, who is our God. See, in all honesty, we oftentimes think if we would have climbed higher, lived longer, made more money, if we would have done something different, maybe, probably, but here's the truth, we didn't. We're all here. You may have slipped, but you haven't fallen off because you're here. Jesus said, and when you pray, here's the summit, and when you pray, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, if heaven could come to earth, wouldn't that be the highest point on earth? You ever think of that? If heaven could come to earth, wouldn't that be the highest point on earth? So how does that happen? The apostle Paul stated he was caught up into the third heaven. Well, how high is that? And my, my next question might be, how do we get there you ever want to go higher but you seem to keep slipping and falling i think next week i'm actually going to follow this up with a message on holiness i was i was looking at a message on holiness that i wrote years ago and i was like man if i add and pull some stuff out of this it really goes along with this because holiness is really the mountain of god you'll see that as we as we begin to climb the mountain with god he takes us to a place of, of his presence. And in his presence, that's where holiness happens. But you'll get that next week. So how high is the third heaven? How do we bring heaven to earth? How do we get to this highest point? And how do we make it our goal, men? Well, I'm glad you asked. The first thing is to know him. You see, uh, this scripture that I started with this morning said, you search the scriptures. But you're searching the scriptures not to know him. You're searching the scriptures so that people will know you through your education, through your ability, and through your knowledge, through your wisdom. But the scriptures should bring us to a place of knowing Jesus, of knowing the Messiah, of walking in him. I'm going to scare you with this term, and I hope it does scare you, of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, simply meaning that we are immersed in his spirit because we know him. See, he goes on to say, but you're not willing to come to me that you may have life. Did you see that? He said, you're just not willing to come to me. You're looking for life. You're trying to climb the wrong mountain. You're looking at the mountain on the other side of the stream. You see, it's not enough to know about him. We must come to the point of having faith in him. It's faith that moves mountains in our lives. The problem was their blindness and inability to see Jesus because of their own desires, wants, and ambitions. Attempting through intellectual assent over relational commitment. Be careful with intellectual assent. I I see it all the time. I'm working with a woman whose son is uh, a professor at Duke University, and he's just gone straight up the ladder, and he's a brilliant, brilliant man. And he's in the divinity school, and he's been hired at a couple of other schools to come in and and do some pretty incredible things. I think Princeton's one of them. But, uh, and he is an amazing author. He's an amazing man. He has definitely gone up the ladder of intellectual ascent. He is brilliant in the Greek, in the Hebrew. He knows it all. But here's what he's done now. He has now renounced his faith. Now, he teaches in our seminaries, and he teaches about God, but he doesn't know God. I had professors like that going along. Intellectual ascent will take you so far, but if you're trying to become intellectually smart for the wrong reason, it's a dangerous place because Jesus is confronting this. He's simply saying, you're looking to do this to please men instead of knowing me. All scriptures should point you To me, the second point, first point is to know him. The second point I have in here is this, to go high, to climb high, you're going to have to stay low. I learned that on the mountain this past week. I was reminded of that on the mountain this week because there were several times that I had to stay really low. I mean, I was like this and I was like, really, I don't even need a gun because if I jump a bird like this, I can't shoot anyway. I mean, I, I all I'm doing, I'm just the bird dog. I'm just going up on all fours now, and I was given two feet for a reason, but now I've got my hands involved. Everything's involved in my climb. I'm having to stay as low as I can. And it's an interesting thing, because one of the things he said, he said, this time of year, just know, in all these rocks and everything up here, snakes, uh, we have these little rattlesnakes they are about this big. And he said, be careful where you place your hands. So always watch where you place your hands. Well, when you can't see over, you're sticking your hand up there, and there could be a serpent. There could be a snake up there. You could get bit, and at this point in your life, you don't even care. That's where I was. I had so much sweat rolling off me, there was another river coming down right behind me. And I was like, I don't even, I don't even, this gun is just in my way trying to get up this hill. And he, and it was funny because he said, did y'all ever run into some snake, snake dens? Y'all, y'all see any snakes? Cause this is, I'm talking about the last time I came through here this time of year, I saw four. And uh, he said, they just lay out everywhere. And I don't know what kind of snakes they are. He just said, they're little rattlesnakes about like this. It's big enough for me, but here's the truth. To go high in life, to go high with God, you've got to learn to stay low. The lower you are, the greater your center of gravity, the easier it is to climb. There is no doubt that when we bow low, God lifts us up and he brings us high on his mountain. You can believe. How can you believe? This is what he says. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? So that's what we're after is his approval. It's amazing how good we can be when we don't care who gets the credit. When we're willing to humble ourselves and see the best in one another. That you do not, he goes on to say, that you do not have the love of God in you. The reasons for their rejection were fundamental reasons of the heart. They weren't really even reasons of the mind. It was a heart issue. These religious leaders could hide behind supposedly intellectual excuses, but the real lack was love and desire for the honor that comes from God. These men had done so well, they weren't worried about obtaining honor from God as long as they had it from one another. They would rather debate Jesus than accept him. You know, and sometimes that's where I've been in my life. I've I've truly tried to debate Jesus. There's plenty of times I've read the word and say, God, I don't even know why you put that in there. That <laughs> It happened to me yesterday, reading First John. Read that one. Read Peter. Because some of this stuff that 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 are in, in the scriptures in that way, you find out that he says, hey, if, if you say you do not sin and you sin, you're a liar. Well, yeah, you are a liar. But if you say you don't have sin, you're a liar. And then he goes on to say, hey, uh, some of you don't even know me. And, 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 and he goes on to say, hey, uh, there, there's some, some problems here. There's a place that awaits those in the fiery lake of hell. And I, I read scriptures like that, and I'm like, man, this, this is kind of scary. This is kind of, uh, this, this has my attention. And sometimes it's me, I, I debate Jesus on these things. I mean, Jesus said, if, if your right hand causes you to sin, to cut it off. What's he mean by that? If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. There are some hard things that as you read, men, without a relationship with God, we will not understand. And the best way to have a relationship with God is this, this, to stay low, is humility. Humility, I've always said, is the fragrance that attracts God. It means it's not in my will, it's not in my way. What Jesus wants us to see is there's no ascension apart from Him. There's no real ascension in this life apart from him. There's no really getting to the top of the mountain apart from him. There's really no fulfillment because Jesus promises fulfillment in this life as you know him. And apart from him, there is no fulfillment. And so humility is one of those things that will take us so far in life and get us up the right mountain. Humble yourself before the Lord. And finally, this one, and this is a tough one. Stay the course. I'm going to tell you, uh, that first day, about three hours into the hike, running along the bottom of these mountains and trying to keep up and feeling like the little fat guy that, you know, is, is trying to keep up running lines on the football field. That's who I was. And so I'm way behind just trying to finish the race, and I'm, I'm getting around there, and they're tired of waiting on me, and then they're going over to the other side, and I finally make it over to the other side. I can't even find them. I've got a radio one, and they're like, hey, Curtis, are you still on the mountain? Are you alive? Is that spot down there you and I was trying to do my best I did okay but I'm not gonna lie to you I just want to go back and get on the boat because if you know anything about chucker hunting which I didn't you can get on the boat in the middle of the afternoon and the chuckers come down to water (laughs) and it's a lot easier to float down the river and shoot a chucker But we got to learn perseverance. we got to learn to stay the course. Was Jesus giving up on these men in, in John chapter 5? Absolutely not. He said, hey, you search the Scriptures, for in them they're speaking of me, and yet you don't even recognize me. Why do you do it? Why not have a relationship with me? Because in me all things are known. You see, sometimes we get frustrated because we slip, and we come down the mountain, and we fall. You know, 3 days later we were headed up a different mountain and trying to circle around which they say never chase these chucker up the mountain. That's one of the the golden rules, but my buddy who's an ironman says I can do it and you're coming with me. And honestly, he did it twice and the and the guide was extremely impressed, but we were running up this these rocks and jumping these rocks and he missed the rock. And when he did, he just slammed on a rock and that 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 gun just slammed down right there below him, and uh, uh, I ran over there and and, and I said, Are "You okay?" He said, "I don't know, man. It's my arm and my rib. I don't know. Knocked the breath out of me. Hang on a second. Just give me a minute." He was still laying flat on the rock, and I was like, "Well, man, I I, I hope your gun's okay, <laughs> you know. And if you don't want it, I'll take it. It's a nice gun, anyway." So I went down there and got got his gun, picked it up, and and he was uh, he finally got himself together and everything. But as soon as he got himself together, took a deep breath, he said, let's go, they're running. So up the hill, we went to get around them and and to keep moving. You know, sometimes you're going to slip, you're going to fall, and it's going to hurt. At some point in time, you're going to have to hear another voice that comes alongside of you that says, I picked your weapon up for you. I'm I'm ready to carry it for you and with you. I know you're hurt, but I've got a weapon too, and I'm going to use it for you. Men, we've got to have each other. Some will fall on a rock by themselves and they'll stay there. But that's why we're here this morning. We've got to learn what perseverance is. We've got to learn what it means to stay the course. We've got to know that even if we're at the bottom of the mountain, there's someone there with us that lifts us up and takes us up higher. You see, the Apostle Paul stated, you need not only stay the course, but you need to finish the race. In other words, keep climbing. It's difficult when you're doing well and then you slip and you you go halfway back down the mountain. Some want to give up. The other is true as well. When you are climbing and doing so well and you've kind of figured it out, look, maybe it's time for you to go back down the mountain and find somebody who hasn't quite figured it out yet. Maybe it's time for us to go down and strengthen someone else who's not quite as strong as we are. Maybe it's time for us to go down and teach someone to climb on all fours and what it means to cliff out and what it means that even if you cliff out, you don't have to stop your race. There's a way around. We used to sing a song when I was growing up, so high you can't get over it, so low you can't get under it, so wide you can't get around it, you got to do what? You Must Go Through the Door. None of you are old enough to remember the song. It was actually a hymn, I think. Well, it was a Sunday school song. you got to go through the door. And many of us know where the door is and who the door is, and someone is just waiting for the invitation. You know, the greatest climbers, the greatest rock climbers that are out there are those who know how to belay someone else as they ascend. Those are the greatest climbers that are out there. They know when to put a little tension on that rope and get them over that next ledge. And sometimes God calls us to be that person. And as we are that person, I'm going to tell you something. That's how we stay the course. Because it's not about me anymore. It's about the Lord, and it's about His people, and it's about all of us ascending the mountain together. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for these men that you brought here for this study this morning. Father, as we go through the questions, Lord, reveal to us how we can help one another how we can humble ourselves, and even though we slip, may we not fall off. Father, may we continue the course, no matter how hard it gets. May we use our weapons for one another. And Father, may we see you rise us up to be the people of God for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen.